0: why is accountability so important in leadership and why do so many leaders struggle to maintain accountability for leaders to be accountable they must be committed to the business and its people and take their role as people leaders seriously building trust among team members tune in as sam silverstein an accountability keynote speaker, whose mission is to empower people to live accountable lives, transform how they do business, and thrive at extraordinary levels. Today, he shares how companies should have a leader that knows accountability. Learn how you will better understand customer motivation and avoid some common pitfalls.
1: Welcome to the Dominate Your Market podcast, where we interview leaders, CEOs, founders, and high impact business development professionals to get their insights on how you can grow your business efficiently, build an amazing company, and still have a life. Today's guest is Sam Silverstein. Sam is a keynote speaker, author of 12 books on the subjects of accountability, leadership, and workplace culture, and consults with leaders and organizations around the world about how to be better individually and build a better organization. Sam, welcome to the show.
0: Well, it is my honor to be here. I am looking forward to our conversation today.
1: This is uh it's going to be power packed. I know that for a fact for sure. After doing my research on you and watching a couple of your videos, I just love your your presentation style, your format, your tone. It's just it's just it, it wakes people up and that's kind of I've lived my life that way. So uh but before we get going, tell people a bit about your background and how you got to where you're at now.
0: Oh wow. Um well, I'll leave I'll leave out the the stuff that maybe wouldn't be appropriate, but um <laughs> you know, it's we all, we're all we all on a journey and we take a unique path. But I went, you know, I had an MBA. I went into a family business with my parents. From there, I went into a family business with my wife's parents. So you could say I am a family business expert uh, based on that experience alone. But along the way, I, I built a manufacturing company and people were thanking me for the impact that I had on them. And I thought to myself, wow, if I can have an impact without trying, what would happen if I really tried? And so I wrote my first book, and I started to speak, and I started to work with leaders of companies of all sizes. In twelve books, thirty years later, and uh, clients literally around the world, um, I'm honored, Mike, to be here with you today. And so this is how this is how you know this is this is the journey along the way. Founded the Accountability Institute, the Certified Accountability Advisor Program, and we've just been busy having fun.
1: You know, it's interesting. I think I first came across you. You were a guest on somebody else's podcast, and I don't re- remember which one it was, but I was like, oh, wait a minute. This guy, because you're, you're speaking my language, right? So I'm like, I've got to have this guy on, right? So it was so cool. And you know, I have to tell you that you know, I'm a huge believer in personal accountability myself, um, even to the point where in my book, Dominate Your Market, I, I, the whole book is about personal accountability. And one phrase I use a lot is own your outcome. I've kind of almost like coined that phrase. I, I I didn't hear it anywhere else. It just kind of came out of me when I was writing my book, own your outcome, right? So uh, with that being said, what got you into the accountability, this whole, because you really seem like you are the premier expert in this. I mean, with all the books out and just your website, all this, what got you into that? Honestly, very
0: cool. Well, thank, thank you. And uh, it means a lot to me when I'm referred to in that way, uh, because I've spent so long in this area. Uh, I'm going to answer that question, but I, I I do want you to know, and anyone that's watching or listening to know that I feel like the message of accountability was something that was gifted to me to share that I'm the steward of the message. I have to prepare the message for a bright and flourishing future. It's an important message. And as you mentioned, Mike, even before we got on, you know, I am all in when it comes to discussing accountability how it shows up in leadership, the workplace culture, it's something that that i'm i'm really passionate about i started this journey you know i mentioned that writing and speaking and for many years because of my background in business and all aspects of business you know i would talk about personal development i would talk about building dynamic relationships i had a program on creative marketing i had a program incredible program on sales you know i was all over the place and it got to the point where someone you know a friend couldn't even didn't know how to refer me or recommend me because I was just trying, it was almost as if I was trying to be all things to all people. And so I was sitting in a program. Actually, I was listening to a good friend of mine, uh, a fellow member of the National Speakers Association, Hall of Fame speaker, and uh, Joe Calloway. And he was giving a, a landmark presentation and, and Joe talked about picking a lane. And I realized that that's really what I needed to do. And so I started that process literally in that moment. And Mm. before that conference was over, I realized where it was that I needed to focus. And that was accountability because accountability is the foundation for building anything we want in our life or building anything we want in our business. And it doesn't matter whether you want to have better leadership in your business, better communication, better teamwork, a more safe environment. Um, better employee engagement, better, a better customer experience. I can definitively show you how it all comes back to accountability.
1: You know, what's interesting when you say it all comes back to accountability. One thing I'm big on is mindset. Like I've read hundreds of books on it, personal development. I've been a junkie for 30 years of my life. So I always say a lot of times in business, it always comes back to mindset too, right? Your mindset, you know, what's going on in your head, right?
0: Correct, because action follows belief. So these I see this all the time with leaders and organizations. They go, you know, um, our sales process isn't working, or our customer service process isn't working, or fill in the blank process. You know, our employees just aren't as engaged. We need we need an engagement expert, we need a teamwork expert, we need a customer experience expert. No, that's not where the problem is. The problem is that if there's an issue in a business, it's because what you're doing isn't working. Now, no duh, but if you just try to change what you do, you're always gonna go back to what you've done. And so what happens is since action follows belief, it's not about changing what you do, it's about changing what you believe. When you change what you believe, what's going on in your head, then you change what you do forever. Now, here's the thing with accountability. Accountability is not a way of doing, it's a way of thinking, and specifically, it's how we think about people. And so when we change the way that we see people, we change the way that we treat people, we change the way that we commit to people, and then what happens is that's when we get a different result.
1: Wow. Okay. That right there is golden right there. I mean, you know, it's interesting because- We're done. We're done. Listen, We're done. Have a good great. day. Have a good My, day. Thank you very
0: much. I enjoyed it. This was a blast. Yeah.
1: Nice meeting you. Have a good day. Now, Do it um, again. You know, I love it. I love it. But, you know, it's interesting because, you know, all over LinkedIn, for instance, leadership, 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 culture, 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 you know, and quiet quitting. you know, great resignation. All of these things are going on, right? And it's a lot of noise. It's a lot of noise, but- what you are, I mean, you're preaching to the choir with me for sure, but what you're talking about is really the essence of all of this. It really, you know, you said it two, two minutes ago, it circles back around to accountability. And I think, you know, from a leadership standpoint to, to management and to team members and employees, it's accountability from them. It's, it's that vicious cycle that people are really not getting it right. Don't you think?
0: Well exactly and that's because what happens is leadership many times has this archaic traditional view of accountability and what they're trying to do is they're actually trying to manipulate people to do more for them. And oh. I know they're doing that because this is what they're doing they're going I'm going to hold you accountable which is like putting a gun to someone's head. No that's not what leadership's supposed to be doing. Leadership is supposed to be creating an environment That inspires people to choose to be accountable, to choose to be their best. And leadership does that by first being accountable to the people and for the people. And there's a difference between those.
1: And, and, you know, even when you hear a leader that says something like, I'm here for you, I work for you, almost that that kind of verbiage, right? You know, now that could be a little fluff, but still, if I were an employee, which I've been an employee for 40 years of my life, I've worked for myself for a long, long time. But if I heard somebody say that, and if I really felt like they're being authentic and being real, I would kind of go, that's kind of cool. Like that's kind of cool.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree with you, but they shouldn't have to say that. You should know that because of their actions. You know, my dad, if he said it once, Mm -hmm. he said it 450,793 times. Actions speak louder than words. And so this is where the reality is, is you know if a leader is there for you because they are there for you. That's it. It has nothing to do with what they say. It's all about what they do. Now, remember, action follows belief. And so if they believe, if the leader believes that you are important as a human being, not not as an accountant, not as a salesperson, not as someone in marketing, but just as a human being, and then when they see you that way, they treat you that way, they act that way, then then we know that that person would never want to let us down. So guess what? We never want to let them down.
1: Reciprocal. Oof. Yeah, that's huge.
0: But, but how many times have you heard a leader say, well, you've got to earn my trust?
1: Oh, no, boy. you've,
0: I mean- I, You've got it totally backwards, okay? First of all, Mike, if you don't trust me, do me a favor. Don't hire me, okay? Because <laughs> if you tell me I have to earn your trust, I'm thinking, well, he doesn't trust me. If he doesn't trust me, right. I don't trust him. Well, that's a great way to start a relationship. Now now we're defensive. This is not a safe work environment. And I'm talking emotionally safe. So the leader that trusts their people right from the get-go Creates a different type of environment. A leader that values their people creates a different type of environment. And, and people notice the difference. The challenge we have in business today, I'll tell you the real challenge is um, there's two problems in business, as I see it. One, leaders don't let, um, don't fire people fast enough. If you're not living the values and you're not contributing to the culture, leaders that let someone say just because they produce, that's a mistake. Mm. And then the flip side of that is we as individuals aren't firing leaders fast enough, which means if you're in an organization where the leadership's kind of crappy, you know, and they're not, they're not valuing people and they're not creating that type of environment vote with your two feet, go to another organization. Yep. Unemployment right now is, is low. This is an opportunity to get a great position someplace else. And the leaders are going to learn they can't lead that way anymore if they want to attract and retain the best people.
1: Yeah, that's that, that's amazing. I have to say something. I have a mental note to bring this up, by the way. So of your 12 books you wrote. So I feel like you stole some of the titles of your books from my brain. So one, <laughs> one of them was No More Excuses. I cannot tell you, Sam, no joke. I ask my now ex-wife, amical ex-wife, by the way, but ask her. If she's ever heard me say that, I have said that phrase probably, here we go. I love it. And look at the word N-O and big. I have said that phrase probably a thousand times in my lifetime. Actually, I have a baseball cap that says, um, "excuse" or no, no excuses, but I wanted to, I wish I could show, I gave it to a, a female friend of mine. I wanted to put no more excuses, but it was too much on this little, the bill of it. So it says no excuses. So when I saw your book, I'm like this guy, we're like kindred souls. I don't, I don't know what the deal we we think so much alike, but now, now I digress. I want to ask you a question. What's the difference between accountability and responsibility? You know, I saw that you mentioned that, that, that really struck me. So can you explain the difference between the two?
0: Absolutely. It's, it's fascinating because in, in many languages, there are no two words like that in the, that are in the English language. And when I work with clients around the world, I've discovered that they use one word for both. And that's there is a problem with that because I believe that you're responsible for things, but you're accountable to people. So you're responsible for things, you're accountable to people. So what does that mean? Well, I'm responsible to Fill up the gas in my car, charge my car, depending on what kind of car you drive. I'm responsible to take the trash out. I told you I would be here at a certain time. That's a responsibility to, for those things. Someone's job description is a list of responsibilities. Now, accountability is to and with people. And so relationships involved. So, account, you know, it's like that sales report's not going to hold me accountable. And remember, I said, I don't like the phrase hold accountable. It's not going to help me be accountable either, but you will. You're going to come alongside and go, Sam, you know what? You're doing a pretty good job, but you could be so much better. I want to help you be the best you that you can be. That's accountability from you because you're taking on a commitment Mm -hmm. to not only discover my potential, but lead me to my potential. So we're responsible for things. We're accountable to people. Hmm. I delineate between that. Accountability is always going to be based on a relationship. If an organization has an accountability problem, I know they have a relationship problem internal in the organization. Organizations that have figured out the relationship piece where people love working together, accountability is never an issue. It, it, it just falls hand in hand. And what happens is we've actually defined accountability as keeping your commitments to people. So, keeping your commitments to people, but then we delineate between tactical commitments, which are transactional, and relational commitments. Relational mm. commitments, like what you mentioned, "I'll mm. stand by you when all hell breaks loose." That's a relational commitment. Um, you know, a commitment to live the values. That's a relational commitment. A commitment to tell the truth. That's a relational commitment. Mm. And so, what happens is there's ten specific relational commitments that, when a leader takes these on. They're actually, through their actions, contributing to the relationship to the people they lead, whether it's a business, a family, a community, doesn't matter, same thing. And in those contributions to the relationship, you create this bond with people, and that's why people would rather die than let you down. That's mm-hmm. what creates loyalty, loyalty. Um, which you know is, is like a word we don't hear that much anymore, no. but it's always going to flow through those relationships.
1: You know, that... The way you just described that, the relationships, that is, and you know, it's interesting because the way leadership is going right now and, you know, great resignation, quiet quitting, all these things, right? It's because, and, you know, I heard a phrase a while back, people don't quit their company, they quit their boss. They don't quit their company, they quit their boss, which again is leadership. And that goes back into relationships, how how the, the leader is making that person feel at any given moment and i find that fascinating right cuz that gets into emotions that gets into well, emotions,
0: right yeah right now let's take that deeper i you know oh go deep oh go deep <laughs> that expression is true but what's going on behind the curtain you really could say people don't leave their companies they leave the values and so it's the values of the organization as lived by their boss mm. So what happens is when, you, when you're involved in an organization, when you're involved with a leader who is stepping out an incredible set of values, then you, of course, why would you leave? When, when you're involved with a leader who's always got your back, why would you leave? When you're involved with a leader who stands by you when all hell breaks loose, why would you leave? But maybe when you're involved with a leader who is always looking to discover your potential and then help you grow to that potential, whether it's additional Mm -hmm. training, coaching, mentorship, why would you leave? It makes no sense to leave this. There's only one reason anyone leaves someone like that. And that's because of geography and family, meaning they have family that lives someplace else that they want to be closer to. That's the only reason to leave because you're always going to flourish in this organization. And, and it Mm. seems it's only natural. We want to stay where we're going to flourish. So the challenge, though, is there aren't a lot of leaders out there that, that take that position, that are willing to put a stake in the ground for a set of values that's an amazing set of values that respects people. I didn't say policies. I said
1: values. That is, I mean, that's, you are dropping some bombs right now. I mean, this is, this is great because, you know, a lot of our listeners are CEOs and business leaders. They need to listen to this stuff. You know, it's interesting. So I work with very successful – most of my clients are men – it's just, it's who I attract, right? It's that alpha. Yes. So I work with a lot of successful men in my business performance coaching business. These men are driven, but they bring me on partly for guess what? Accountability. And they also bring me on for strategy and, and revenue growth and all of that. But part of that is accountability. So, I want to ask you, and I, I love it because your hands are going crazy over here. So people that are listening, I love this. But so why, why do you think that is? So so I've got this man, very successful man. You know, he's running a $20, $30, 50000000 million company. He's wealthy himself, but he needs somebody like me to hold him accountable in certain aspects of his life or business. Why do you think that is? So let's talk
0: about that. You know, As the founder of the I Accountability
1: Institute,
0: As the founder of the Accountability Institute at theaccountabilityinstitute.com, we offer the Certified Accountability Advisor Program, and and we certify coaches and consultants and in-house corporate people as well to take everything that you and I are talking about today and step it out. Somebody came up to me recently and they said, you know, I want to be in a group of people that, um, that help hold me accountable. So when I say I do something, I do it. And I paused and I knew this person and I said, you know what? And let's just say his name was Bill. It wasn't, but let's just say, you know, I said, Bill, I said, um, I don't know that I'd want to be in a group with you. And he's like, what do you mean? What do you, I'm a good guy. You know, I said, well, I said, I, you know, cause I am in, a, an, I haven't am in an accountability circle, uh, especially with all the certified accountability advisors, we communicate and we mastermind together and, Um, I said, you know, I want to be in a group with people who do what they say they're going to do and who, who help me become the best possible me. And they do that because to me, an accountability circle is one where someone knows what your values are, your unique purpose, which is what brings you joy in the service of others, your mission, which is your unique purpose in action. And when you know that about me, and I'm getting ready to make a decision and I'm going, Mike, you know, I'm looking at doing this in my business, or I have this situation with, with Paul or Susan or whatever, and I need to make a decision. And I, and I, and you go, Sam, that decision you're about to make goes against what you say you value. That's you being an accountability partner to me. You're helping me be my best me. But if I'm not going to do what I say I'm going to do, I mean, come on, Why would I, I don't want to hang out with those people. They can go hang out with each other. Okay. Right. I want to be with high performance individuals who want to be their best. And they're looking for feedback on how they can be their best, but they don't need me to babysit them to get stuff done.
1: Now that is interesting because I will say that most of the the men that hire me, it's for that. It's not for them to really get stuff done. It's the other thing what you mentioned, right? It's it's that feedback, that outside, you know, set of eyes and ears. It's that that they're bringing me on for. It's not so much, you know, hey Joe, did you do that thing last week that we talked about on the phone call? Who has time for that? Well, and I don't think, well, I guess I you you would your your background's a lot more extensive on accountability than mine, but I can't imagine if if you're a CEO of a company, the company's well whatever 10 million 20 million 50 million if you need somebody to really motivate you to take action i don't know how you got to that position to begin with well exactly and
0: so that's why when somebody says i want to be around some people that 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 hold me accountable make sure i get things done i'm like no that you're not at the level that um, of the type of individual that i want to work with that's just I mean, it's not, you know, nothing personal. You're a nice right. guy or a gal or whatever, but, you know, I'm not I'm not going to babysit, okay? Right. And so, look, I've got some beautiful grandchildren that that we get the privilege of watching from time to time. Um, I, I never, I, one time I talked, I used the word babysit with my children, and my wife, Renee, she goes, you don't babysit your children. They're your children. I said, you know what? You're totally right. I don't babysit, you know, I take care of young people that maybe can't take care of themselves. That's fine. But when it comes to adults, I'm not going to babysit there either. And um, either you step up to the bar and do what you're supposed to do. Now you want to be inspired. You want to, you want to talk about how to be better. Yeah. Yeah. You want to talk about how to discover what your values really are, your unique purpose, your mission. And then you want help staying on track. Absolutely. Cause you know what? Sometimes I need help staying on track. I mean, we can, Look, it's the journey is about being better. How do I get better? I've got a speech coming up next week. I'm dealing with 115 executives from around the world. They're not in the room because they're not doing it. They're in the room because they're already successful. So the question becomes, how do we get better? That's what I have Mm. to answer for them. Just like, you know, I have to answer this for myself every day.
1: Yep. That, that's amazing. You know, I was listening to your podcast, and, and we'll talk about how, how people can find out about all your stuff at the and we're we're winding it down pretty quick here. But in that podcast, I love it because it's bite-sized chunks. And one of the podcasts you talked about was um, why do we struggle with commitments or and accountability? You talked about that, commitments and accountability. And that really struck me because I think a lot of people, when you get into the commitment phase in your mind, and then accountability. Talk about that a little bit, because I think that's really intriguing mentally.
0: Well, I think this goes back to, you know, what I shared before in in the evolution of what is a commitment. And so, first of all, accountability is keeping your commitments to people. We define a commitment as no matter what. That's it. No matter what. It's absolute. If you Ooh. don't eliminate the gray area, you got a challenge. I'm telling you right now. I love now. that. Oh. So now, we talk then, now now we're going PhD. There's the tactical commitments and the relational commitments. Uh, Tactical commitments are transactional. They're spoken. They're agreed upon. I'll, you know, I'll take out the trash tomorrow. I'll deliver the report Friday. I'll be there at 10 o'clock. Well, I'm not going to be available at 10. Can you do 1030? Yeah, I can do 1030. Great. So they're spoken. They're agreed upon. um, And and they're, they're tactical. Now, relational commitments are unspoken. Now, they can be spoken, but they don't have to be. So it's like a commitment to live the values, a commitment to stand by you when all hell breaks loose, a commitment to sound financial principles, a commitment to it's all of us, which says if you fail, then I fail. And only if you succeed, do I succeed. Okay. Uh, in the movie passenger. I don't know if you saw that movie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. Jennifer Lawrence. And um, I forget the gentleman's name. Right. Right. Uh, it's near the end of the movie. He's going out and he's, he's literally, he's got to do something that he's going to die in the process possibly. And, and she says, don't do it. She's, he says, I have to, she says, then then come back in. If you die, I die. You know, if you lose, I lose. Um, So these are, there's 10 of these, these relational commitments, but relational commitments are unspoken for the most part. They're just taken on. Now, here's the thing. When you, when you, when you make and keep, the tactical commitments. As commitments go up, tactical commitments go up, productivity goes up. That's good. But when productivity goes up, that does not equal an increase in accountability. It only increases productivity. That's it. Now, when relational commitments grow in an organization or in your life, then as relational commitments go up, accountability goes up. And when accountability goes up, productivity also goes up because I would rather die than let you down. So organizations that focus on the tactics alone, you need to master the tactics. I get that, but they're only going to be so good. The organizations that master the relational commitments, the relational side of the business, then what happens is they create a, a workplace environment, a culture that inspires people to be accountable, to be their best. And not only are they accountable but they're also engaged, they're productive, and that organization is more profitable.
1: And so, and when you think of relationships, that goes back to what?
0: Well, it's how do you see people? What do you think about people? It's a way of thinking. You know, the leader that says, well, I pay you to do that job. And yeah, that's, you know, forget it. No, that's, I'm not working for a paycheck. I work for you. Right. Your job, whether you like it or not, is to, help me be my best, to inspire me to be my best. And if you don't take that on as a leader, then in my opinion, you're not a very good leader.
1: Well, and, and that's where the person fires them and walks away. Right. About go work life. for, you know, I'm
0: I'm going to go work for Mike because yeah. Mike's going to create an environment that that he, he, she asks, will he challenge me? Absolutely. If, if I'm not living the values, will he sit me down and talk to me about that? Absolutely. But I always know that he's there. He's got my back. He puts me first. Um, can That's, I give you a quick, do we have time for an example?
1: Yes. Go, come on, go, go.
0: All right, so, so I have a speech and uh, the night before the speech, I've spoken for this company twice before. I think it's the third time I'm speaking for him. And the COO is sitting at dinner across the table from me. And he says, you know, to Sam tomorrow, you have 500 mid-level managers in our company. Now I hate the term manager because I feel like you manage stuff, you manage inventory, you manage computers, hmm. you lead people, but- We're going to move past that. He says, so we have 500 middle-level people. None of them have a college degree. Keep it simple. Deliver. Give them them three good points. You're going to be amazing. You've always done great for us. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. None of them have a college degree. What does that mean? So what this guy has done. Now, this is a good guy. He's a nice guy. And I need to tell you, that afternoon, the afternoon before that dinner, He told his entire team, you know, we had a great year and it's all because of you. So it goes back to your example before he was pouring the alkalines. He did. He does appreciate his people, but he didn't realize this. He was putting a limit on his people because he saw that they did not have a college degree. Mm. Therefore, keep it simple.
1: Well,
0: why didn't they have a college degree? Well, maybe it wasn't the culture in their family to go to college. Maybe they couldn't afford to go to college. Maybe they they needed to provide for their family. There's all sorts of reasons why someone may not have gone to college. And so going to college doesn't mean you're a smart person. All it means is you went to college. That's it. And so I'm like, no, I'm giving them everything I have tomorrow. I'm not dumbing this down. I'm not holding back. So here's the situation That's where awesome. this is the way the leader thought. Yep, yep. And then his action was to tell me to keep it simple, which then the result would have been if I'd kept it
1: simple. Mediocre. There was, what'd you say? It would have been mediocre. Your right. presentation would have you. You would have felt probably like I, I, I limited myself. It would. Well, was not mediocre. only that
0: but his people wouldn't have grown to the degree they could have grown if I challenged them to the degree that I could challenge them. He should have reached across the table that night at dinner, grabbed me by the shirt and said, Sam, you've spoken for us before. You were great then, but this is a whole new ball game. I want your best tomorrow. My people are important. I want them to grow and I'm totally dependent upon you in this moment. I know you won't let me down. And, and in that, then I, you know, I would have gone out there, oh, yeah. which I did anyway, <laughs> like Rocky, you know, like Rocky. <laughs> exactly. The guns are loaded and we're going to
1: war. That, that is awesome. You know, I got it. I'm going to tell you a funny little story. So when you talk about, um, it's how, okay. So I, I'm in the dating world, right. And I've gone out with lots of women and all this crazy stuff, but I have a female friend of mine who gave me some advice that I'll never, ever, I'll take it with me the rest of my life. And she was, cause I'm a pretty Alpha aggressive guy, and she says, "Okay, so let me let me give you some advice." And this is a woman saying this to me, and I said, "Great, what is it?" She goes, "Remember this, it's how you make the woman feel. That's everything, right?" And then she said, "When you leave from a date, I'm a 59 year old man, and she's telling me this because I was married for 25 years, so I do have an excuse. I, I was out of the dating world for a long time, but she said, when you leave a date." You want that woman going, who the hell was that dude? Like, I'm happy. I feel good. I'm energized. I want to see this guy again. There's a story to turn it right into the business to your team members, management or whoever. It's how you make people feel and how you leave them after an engagement that makes the difference. Don't you think?
0: Uh, Absolutely. Absolutely. And and I'm going to add to that, though. In a relationship, you never stop making contributions to that relationship. So it's not how you made them feel the last time you were together. Okay. It's how did you make them feel this time and next time and the time after that? And, I, you know, there's a lot of famous quotes out there about that. You know, people don't people don't care about you until they find out how much you care about them and et cetera, et cetera. And I don't remember who's that quote that is, but that, that goes to the same point. So yeah, I totally agree with you and, and the, the, the woman that, that (laughs) passed on that advice. And, you know, it's so easy in a relationship to kind of dump on the person that we have a relationship with. We go, Oh, you know, they understand me. They, I, well, Yeah. You know, I'm not saying that you can't share your most intimate feelings, but you still have to be careful about how you're making someone feel. And so, you know, our, our job as leaders in the family, in the community and in the business is, is to build people up, make them feel like, like they're important, they're valuable, and they're going to make a difference. And not faking this this has to be real oh, this boy, has to yeah. be sincere this has to be who we really are because when we do that when we show people that they're valued then then we're impacting not we're taking what's in our heads now we're impacting what's in their heads leadership is a tremendous responsibility we literally are responsible for the safety and the success of the people that we lead it's all about assuming that responsibility it's not a title a card a car, a parking spot, an office location. And until we accept the responsibility for those people, we're, I don't believe that we're truly leading. Um, it That's that's what it's going to come down to. And that's where accountability is going to flourish. It's about valuing people, yep. not just being accountable to, but being accountable for them. And when when you realize that you're both accountable to and accountable for then that stewardship relationship comes in and and now you it's this higher calling and if you're accountable for someone it's oh my gosh you know i have to ensure that they're successful what does that entail well first of all they can't be their best unless i'm my best
1: you know you give me a whole different definition and outlook on the word accountability because you know i i'm that pitbull guy that's more centered on like myself in the sense of, you know, being a solo entrepreneur, being a good consultant, it's up to me, right? So every morning you get up, you look in the mirror after I get my workout in, I do all my stuff, everything I do, I hold myself accountable, right? And I'm not perfect. I fail a lot, but you put a whole new twist on the word accountable. So this has been awesome. Now in closing, where does somebody who wants to be a better leader or just build more accountability into their life start? Where do they start? Like, what can they do?
0: Well, I think the first thing to me, you know, we go back to those 10 relational commitments. And one of them is a commitment to live the values. I think it's critical that we know what our values are and that we have a great set of values and a great set of values isn't just great values, but there is we've discovered what what it takes to have a great set, whether we're talking individually or organizationally. And I believe that until you put that stake in the ground, it's going to be very difficult to be a great leader. Mm. and to build accountability. And so so since you brought that up, if we have something that's totally free, you can go to uh, valuesworksheet.com. And there's a free download that will actually step you through how to create a great set of values, making sure that your values connect to all four areas that are important, that are connected to if it is truly a great set of values. And I would say, start by defining those values for your life and your organization and then live those values. And values are always about people. A non-negotiable core value is something that's a positive standard that respects the rights of others and is absolute.
1: Say that website again, because I'm going there number one and I hope everybody goes there. What is that again? Say it again.
0: It's uh, valuesworksheet.com.
1: Values with an S values, worksheet.com. Wow. Yes, that is. Okay. So this has been probably one of the more enlightening podcasts I've done. And I've done, I think this podcast has only been um, around for about four months and I'm on episode 45. So I've done a lot. I've done a lot in in four months, but this has been a real, an amazing one because you really sort of made kind of a shift in my mind towards all of this which I'm all about that, right? Evolving, learning, growing. You never know too much. So for that, I thank you. I appreciate that. I'm so happy that I had you on. But for people that want to know, get in contact with you, give us website addresses, whatever you want to give out so people can take action and reach out to you.
0: Well, you can find out everything you want to know about me at samsilverstein.com and the other website, If you're interested potentially in becoming a certified accountability advisor or having one in your organization or working with one, you can go to theaccountabilityinstitute.com. Theaccountabilityinstitute.com.
1: Phenomenal. Sam, thank you so much for this. I really appreciate it.
0: It's been my pleasure, Mike. Love sharing the time together. And uh, when you're ready to come back around, we can chat some more.
1: 100%. Thank you very much. You've just listened to the Dominate Your Market podcast with CEO, business consultant and author Michael Peterson. Growth-minded CEOs hire Michael to explode their revenues, build an amazing company and create a transformational mindset that encapsulates growth, success and ultimately happiness. His book, Dominate Your Market is creating quite a stir in the marketplace. Go to DominateYourMarketBook.com and get your first chapter free.